welcome to Honestly Cat, the podcast full of life lessons that empowers, educates and enlightens women everywhere. It's my mission to show you just how gorgeous you are and give you the tools to upgrade and transform all areas of your life. So let's get started. On this week's Honestly Cat, I'm joined by what I can only call the personification of a unicorn, the magical and beautiful Brittany Carmichael. She is a self-love guru, female empowerment coach, speaker and founder of The Shine School, where she teaches women to awaken to their authentic self. Welcome to the show, Brittany. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Kat. It's just like I light up with so much like magical sparkles when I hear that I embody a unicorn because I didn't even give myself that title. It just happened. So I love to hear that my light shines and represents that of a unicorn. And I know that all of us here listening have that ability to shine. (laughs) Well, I'm delighted to have another woman on that's that's really on the same mission as me, and that's to relieve women of their self-limiting beliefs and so, so that they can live their potential. I came to do what I do through my own journey, and I know that you did too. So can you share with me and my audience how you came to do what you do? Yeah, absolutely, Kat. And thank you again for having me on here. And thank you for everyone who's listening. I appreciate the opportunity to share. So I grew up in a small country town in Texas called Farmersville. And I think you can get the picture just by the name. (laughs) And like I said, I, I, I am this magical unicorn. I beat to my own drum. I've always been a little bit weird. And I've trusted my heart. And I've said no when everyone else in the world says yes. And for so long, I thought I was different and I was wrong because I wasn't like everyone else. And so I grew up in a really small town thinking that I like, why, why do I feel so passionately about living my life on my own terms? But why is everyone else going to college and doing this and having babies and like living the same idea of what life should look like? And so, you know, it was depressing. And so for a while, I was overweight, unhappy, but I still had that inner voice that was strong enough to say, no, you know what you love to do. Just go be a hairdresser. (laughs) Don't go to college, be a hairdresser. So I I listened to my internal voice. And what's really ironic is my cat, my mom was a hairdresser named cat, (laughs) you know? So it's like, mom, but like, I'm inspired by you. I want to do what you do. She's like, no, you're too smart. Go to college. And and that's, you know, my reply was, yeah, I am too smart. That's why I'm not going to go to college because there's nothing there for me. Now there may, if you want to be a doctor and all those things that you have to do, like go there, go do it. But what I realized is, well, dang, I have to go to beauty school. You have to get a license. So I was forced to go to an institutional learning, but I always say life is my greatest teacher. And I had the courage back then when I was 18 years old to say, you know what, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to follow my passion as a hairdresser. And for the last 10 years, I've owned my own hair salon. And I've been a six-figure stylist for the last 10 years. I I made it a mission on year one. I'm going to hit six figures. And I didn't even know what that meant. I'm just like, it was a goal. I didn't even care. There was no reason just because. And I did it. And then things started shifting in my life. Um, I started stop. I stopped listening to that inner voice. And I just started going through the motions. And in 2012, my mom had a massive stroke that paralyzed her and she couldn't speak. And it woke me up, Kat. It was like a series of 
all these crazy events. Like I almost died on a mountain in Colorado with my husband. And then my mom almost died from a massive stroke. And then I, you know, I just like woke up and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, I know that I'm doing what I love, but I'm 75 pounds overweight. I'm overworked. I, like I, I'm not happy, even though I am living the life that I sought out for, why am I not happy? And it was that wake up call that made me start asking questions like what, what is going on? Why am I not happy? Even if I am doing on paper, what I want to be doing. And it wasn't until I started asking those questions and cultivating that awareness about my life and the intentions behind it and the actions that I was taking. And naturally that led <laughs> me to inspire the women that sat in my chair uh, because I was hearing the same story of struggle from every woman. What are you passionate about? I don't know. Well, how do you take care of yourself? I don't. And it became my mission, like, oh my gosh, we have to take care of ourselves. And if we don't, then, hey, we might stroke out like my mom because I asked her when she finally was able to regain speech, why did this happen to you? Why did you do this to yourself? And she said, because everybody needed something from me. And that's when I got selfish, Kat. I was like, you know what? Selfish is, is okay. And I have to fill my cup before I go into the salon and pour my heart and soul and creativity and love into every single woman that sits in my chair. Because before I was drained at the end of the day, I tried it the I tried doing it differently. I filled my cup before I went to the salon, and I had so much abundance to pour into my clients, and I never felt drained at the end of the day. And so I shifted my life. I lost seventy five pounds. I started helping my clients who sat in my chair because hey, we're there for two hours. I mean, <laughs> highlights are cool, but like let's get to like the real conversation. And it's not about drama or you know gossiping. That's not the kind of life and intention I want to live. And so I started asking, what are you passionate about? And that's how it all began, this like whole inspirational spiritual mentor, not to mention my psychic abilities really started kicking in too. So that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> well, I know you're a woman of, of all, all talents. And uh, going back to that, when you were asking yourself the question, you, you, at a young age, you were like, no, I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing. And I think, isn't it reminding other women out there that like, trust your gut you know, listen to that voice because it's so wise. <laughs> it is. And if you think back to all the times in your life where you had to rely on her, she's never let you down. Like when I was in my life or death experience being trapped on this mountain, the only thing I could rely on was not Facebook, social media. It was my internal voice saying, how do I not die right now? And she said, do this, roll down the window of the car, stand here, put your foot here. Like every single action, no joke, cat. every single action was guided from an internal space of like, and I wasn't into like praying or spirit guides or angels or anything at that time, but I defaulted back to my knowingness. And that's when I was like, whoa, there's something deeper that we've been repressing. And in that life or death situation, I was praying to something, to something higher. I'm like, oh my God, help me. Like, please help. I know that there's something out there to help me. And I am, I am not kidding you. If you don't ask for help, you know, free will, no divine being, whether you believe or not, can come to the rescue. And it was in that moment that that was my cry for help. Like, oh, shit, I don't want to have a stroke. I don't want to almost die to finally ask for help. And, it, Which, and I was on a mountain almost dying, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it's interesting. And it's lovely to show other people that actually, what seemed like the worst moment 
turned out to be your best moment and I think it's important to remind people that if you feel like you're in this point of a breakup with a boyfriend or you know someone's ill often it's the time when we ask ourselves those biggest questions and we're forced to look at what we're not happy with so we are made to make that change so for you it was just like that it was like I'm not having this you know I'm not going to rerun the pattern that my mum has and get ill and I'm not going to die on a mountain so I'm going to change this and it was for the good of your whole life I absolutely agree, Kat. And change is a choice. And I always encourage people now, don't wait until you're at the bottom or the breaking point, because that's when people are forced to change. We can actually choose to change today. So some of the things I started choosing to change was the self-talk that I had about myself. I, I started waking up to that internal voice that was guiding me and, and, and loving me and encouraging me. But I also woke up to that internal voice called the ego who was not so supportive. And she was a combination of all the shitty labels I'd been given since I was a kid. And so I had to decide, well, whose voice is, is going to be the main character in my mind? <laughs> so um, Kat, you probably don't know this. My husband is a hypnotist. And so oh, wow. we, we started, actually, I was guided to go see a psychic. I was like, I need to go talk to somebody like weird who like might know something, <laughs> you know? And when I went, I was so blown away by how much she knew and just sp my like spiritual mind was blown. Like what is happening? And so I brought my husband and she said to him, you need to get back into hypnosis work, especially past life regression. And he was like, what, how does she know about this? And so he dedicated his, um, life and his mission to helping transform the mind, because that's what it all boils down to. It's all about the mindset. Just like I said, I was living the life of my dreams, but I wasn't happy. How is that even possible? And it all stems from the thought process that we go through um, moment to moment and how we perceive the world. And do we see it from a lens of joyfulness and look at all this beautiful, the miracles. I think Albert Einstein says you can choose to look at life as though nothing is a miracle or everything is a miracle. And according to A Course in Miracles, they say it's a shift in perception that is a miracle. So why not create and live a life filled with miracles where you're constantly changing your perception and your frame of reference to see the highest good, to find the silver lining. Because in the moment that I heard my mom had a stroke, you better believe I was like pitching a fit and crying on the floor and why, why is this happening? And it's not fair and all the emotions. But now going through that, every time I'm faced with like a trauma or a struggle or anything that is like BS, you know what I mean? I just take a deep breath and I'm like, okay, what good can come from this? Yeah. And, you know, maybe I can't see it right now, but I know that there's a silver lining and I will get through this. And, and that's, you, yeah, that's my and, mentality for life. <laughs> and you know, Britt, I, I feel like you're literally a sister from another mother across <laughs> the Atlantic because you, you, you talk so, so eloquently and so similarly to me and that it was my negative self-talk that... I remember saying to a friend, uh, you know, like five years ago, I was saying, I just hate myself. I just really hate myself. And I kind of thought that was normal chat. I didn't have any idea that that we can actually think about self-love and being kind to ourselves. It just wasn't on my radar. And you mentioned how that was the first point where you were like, I'm changing the way I taught myself because I'm not going to have these labels. 
what other tools did you use in your you know journey of transformation yeah the first thing that comes to mind so I want to dive a little deeper into the self-talk and specifically what and how that happened and how I was able to transform it. Because as you know, Kat, all change happens on a subconscious level. So you have to like really like implement and what they call in hypnosis, bypass the critical factor to get these things to stick. So you can do that on a deep emotional level, or you can do it by repetition. And so I went with the repetition because, hey, I'm here let's do this. Every day I would wake up, look in the mirror, and typically the thoughts, I'm fat, oh my god, my pants, like grabbing on the skin, like you know how that goes. That was where I started to choose this change, like this, I'm going to build a new habit, because this is clearly a bad habit. And we know if we can create bad ones, we can create good ones too. So instead of beating myself up in front of the mirror, every time I got dressed, I would tell myself, I would hear that negative thought and say, cancel. So this is my number one tool, saying cancel whenever a negative thought comes up. Because in law of attraction, they say you have like 17 seconds before a thought turns into reality or begins to manifest into form. So, um, or, you know, like starts to put the chain of events in action. Uh, So, you know, you have time, you have leeway, you don't have to beat yourself up so much. You have like 16 seconds of like, oh man, that was a really bad thought. I should probably shift it a little bit. And so that's what I did. I gave myself that grace and I said, okay, cancel. I'm beautiful, I'm loving, I'm kind, I'm funny, I'm creative, I'm a great friend. I would just think of all the wonderful things that I I do know that I am, but I just didn't honor. I was too busy focusing on the one thing I don't like. And guess what happens when you focus on what you don't want? (laughs) You get it. (laughs) Mm. So I started focusing on the things that I did want. And that was to feel beautiful and to feel loved and to feel comfortable in my body. And so I began to shift. Every time I heard that negative voice, I'm fat, I would say cancel, and then I would reframe it with something more positive and loving. And it was really awkward and uncomfortable in the beginning because I was so used to my bad habit of saying, I'm fat and identifying with that label, um, that it took time. It took time to really like step into and embrace like, I know that I'm beautiful, but I've been telling myself for so damn long that I just, it's hard to believe sometimes. And, you know, to this, in this day, I I don't even have, besides maybe, you know, PMS week, I don't even have a negative thought about I'm fat, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not this, because it's been now conscious choice every day to wake up and love myself. Because it's just as a conscious, it's just as much a conscious choice to wake up and beat yourself up and hate yourself. So why not choose the thing that feels better? Absolutely, I completely agree. And uh, I was I was talking the other day, and I was telling somebody, do you know that 80% of women in the UK have low self esteem, which is just, it's such a sad state. And it, it's my mission, because I was one of that 80% to change this percentage. How does it compare in America? Is there a lot of low self-esteem amongst women? Absolutely. I recently saw a statistic on it, and I want to say it is like over 60% or 65%. It's something really high. And I was I was floored by it, but not surprised at the same time because it's been this cultural conditioning for so long on, okay, let's put these sexy, perfect, quote-unquote, perfect-looking models on advertisements and then let's shame you on how you shouldn't be revealing your naked self or you shouldn't be in touch with your sexual self, but let me flaunt and advertise 
what you should be, but we'll shun you for trying to do that. I mean, it's just, it's, we're so, it's so backwards. We're so messed up. And just like you, Kat, I am on a mission because I was one of those women. And once I woke up to the fact that we are all so freaking unique, even twins aren't the same. I mean, they may look similar or they may even be identical, but their souls have their own blueprint, their own preferences, their own style. One might like chocolate and the other likes vanilla. So they're not the same person. It's not just how we look. It's our talents, our skills, our passions, our song that we sing with the thoughts and the emotions that we experience that whether we can see it or not, that's painting the world. Um, and so I just feel like we have to really step into, you know what, I am here for a reason. And if we are all, let's use this quote, made in the image of God, whether you choose to use that word, universe, source, eternal spirit, I don't care, whatever you want to call it, but there's something that connects us all. And if we are, if we are connected to that divine, if we are made of stardust, if we if we chose to incarnate on this physical planet, then why would we not embrace the fact that this is our experience? This is the adventure our soul chose to go on. So say yes to everything that lights you up and don't feel discouraged if what lights you up doesn't light your mom up or your dad up or your boss up or your friends up because we all have different preferences. And when we can say yes to our own authentic unicorn self, then the world will be inspired by you and they'll feel the, they'll feel like they have the permission to like let go and freaking relax a little and be like, wow, well, you know what? I really like to be silly too. I don't want to wear these fucking suits anymore. <laughs> want to have a good time, you know, like, lo like loosen up people, just relax. <laughs> yes, exactly. Have pink hair, be a unicorn. Yes. <laughs> or whatever color you want. I mean, my, um, my massage therapist was just telling me yesterday, she said, you know, we were in this small country town in Texas and I got stopped at the gas station by this woman. She was obsessed with my hair and, you know, I'm still in the practice, um, three days a week. So, uh, she's like, she was obsessed. She asked if I could take a, uh, if she could take a picture of it because it's shaved on all sides, except for the top. It's like kind of, it's a little bit longer on top. I don't know. It's like David Beckham, but on a woman and it's like, it's hot. And so, uh, and it's got purple roots and lavender. I mean, it's amazing. And so the lady was like, I'm, so, I, I want to do that so bad. I want to cut my hair like that, but I'm so scared. And my massage therapist said, why? It's just hair. It grows. Like we're so freaking worried about making choices that can be changed if you don't like them in the future. Yes. Just stop. Like, being in fear and like, well, what if I make the wrong choice? You're, you will make wrong choices. And that is called learning. <laughs> and that is called discovering your preferences. And once you decide what you don't like, hey, I tried like hundreds of relationships before I found the one that worked for me. I wasn't a failure. I'm with my soulmate. I'm like the happiest I've ever been in a relationship. And that's because I've never settled. I never settled in relationships and I never settled in business. My shortest job was six hours. <laughs> I was like, ah, this is not meant for me. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> you know what? I'm just the same. I remember when I was about 17 years old and I think one of my parents said, oh, go and do some there in film and TV. And they were like, go and work at um, Ealing Film Studios. And I went along and I was just with the handyman and I was just cleaning the floor of the studios. And it wasn't even like I was cleaning the floor of the studios and there was some you know, uh, acting going on or they were setting up something cool. No, it was just empty studios. And I thought after the first day, I said, I just can't, I, I, I've, I've got more in me than this. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so I'm, I'm all for sticking by that. And you talk about um, us putting ourselves first. And again, this is very much when you show, um, when I show one of my clients what they're feeling, why they're feeling, where in their childhood they've picked up this belief. And it's then then reprogramming and also showing them how important self-care is. Where do you and what do you recommend to your clients in terms of self-care? Because some people go, oh, well, you know, I do take a bath and have a glass of wine. It's For me, it's not that. For me, I say to my clients, self-care is having the courage to step in and change where you are, honor your past emotions and let them out. That's the most courageous and most caring thing that you can do because you set yourself free. How do you see self-care? Oh my gosh, Kat, that's like such a loaded question because I mean, just if you break down the words self and care, there's like so many complexities to both of those things, you know? So it could mean so much for so many people, but I love how you started with like healing, having the courage. Um, One, courage is like one of my words, like I'm here to birth courage in people because courage, I always say to live a spiritual life isn't easy. It takes courage, but it's so worth it because it is that courage that gives you the energy to look at your darkness and say, hey, this isn't who I really am. And this was either a learned behavior or this was out of protection from the past and it's no longer protecting me. It's just holding me back. So Kat, I love your idea of self-care as addressing and having the courage to look at those painful past, like past memories and things like that. What is currently blocking you that does stem from the past? Because um, that's pretty much how it happens. Something in the past triggers and we have this defense mechanism and we operate from that until we have that courage or conscious awareness to say, hey, why, why do I keep getting myself in these self-sabotaging relationships. So courage to me, yes, I I love that. But to me, Kat, I think consistency also. Mm. I think it's not just, okay, I did yoga or had a glass of wine, which I don't even know how that is. I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't drink. So I don't, that doesn't equate for me. But, you know, it doesn't matter if you're taking a hot bath or if you're having an orgasm or if you're, you know, drinking your wine or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. What matters is, are you doing it every day? Every day. Like people are like, oh, yeah, I did it once this week or I've got it on my calendar for the month. No, every day. And if that sounds like a lot, it's probably because you've been lacking in that self love and self care department. You haven't been doing it. You're like, whoa, that sounds like a lot of work. But are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Is your body nourished? Is your mind at peace? And if you're not saying yes to all those questions, then self care on a daily basis is required. Yeah. It's required. Absolutely. But, and, and I always say it's for your mind, body and spirit on all levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a holistic approach. Self-care is not just, you know, doing that one thing that like, oh, well, I really wanted to go shopping like that. That's good. No, it's like looking at all areas of your life and asking yourself, this is how I approach my self-care every day, because it is a consistent practice. Um, I start with the question, you know, what do I really need right now? And I've done some journaling exercises in the past to ask myself, what lights me up? What makes me feel nourished and spiritually fulfilled and physically fulfilled? And I made a huge list of all the things that light me up. And so now I have this default list in my mind, like, oh, you know what? Right now, what I really need is just walk in nature. I need to get out of this house. I just need to go be quiet and be with the trees. 
And sometimes I wake up and I'm like, mm, what do I really need? Ooh, I need like some energy right now. I need to do some like pump up workout, you know, I need some like good jams. Like every day is different. You can't live the same day twice. Even if you're doing the same habits, <laughs> it's going to be different. And the energy in which you show up with changes. And let's get woo woo talking about the moon phase. I mean, full moon, you have more energy, new moon, you have less energy based on how much light is being reflected, you know, from the sun off of the moon. I mean, we're talking physics here. So yeah. even that is showing you like there are ebbs and flows in the energy and the, and, and just seasons. So it's not on all the time, but it's, you know, what do I need right now? Yeah. And also, it can't, again, it I, can't be the same. Yeah. Again, I talk about with women how you, you've mentioned the moon phases, also our own internal cyclical nature of our of our menstrual cycle, much like the new moon and the full moon, you've got the different ebbs and flows within our own cycle and honoring that as well. Well, absolutely. I mean, the the, the moon cycle is 100% tied to our menstrual cycle. It's actually called um, your moon time. There's another phrase for menstrual cycles, the moon time. And um, traditionally, some women, or most women will have uh, alignment with their period on the new moon. But there are also uh, what they call like red moon. And that's when women have their period on the full moon. And so it can switch and it does switch. And then there's actually... Um, a, a cycle and a phase where you switch between having your menstruation on a new moon and a full moon. And I, I have gone through the switch and it's really interesting to watch because your energy changes and normally you're like, but normally I have energy right now, but I'm so tired. Mm. You just have to honor it and just go with the flow literally. <laughs> and I think a lot of women find it very difficult because in this modern society and particularly I, I live in London, so it's fast paced. It's, you know, everything now. And we as women and men as well in this modern age are expected to be everything and be everywhere. So I talk about in one of my blogs how oh, if, you, if you're always expecting yourself to come up with brilliant ideas at work and to be on absolute, you know, top energy all the time, it's not sustainable. And we're going against our natural cyclical nature, which is if we don't, you know, we do deplete ourselves in the end. Well, absolutely. That's why my mom had a stroke. <laughs> she gave everything to everybody else and had nothing left and wasn't listening to her body. And yeah, uh, her body made a choice for her. And tell me, you talk about in your shine school, creating unshakable confidence. What would you say your top tools are to somebody who's looking to transform their confidence? Oh my gosh, such a great question. And thank you so much for looking into Shine School. That is my mission to help awaken women so they, they can shine from the inside because it's all about finding your authentic voice in the world. And when you're developing confidence, it comes through practice. It comes through, so, so many people are confident that they're not confident. They're like, oh yeah, I know I'm not confident. Um, that's confidence right there. So it's it's really defining where you feel like you're not most confident because some people feel like confident mothers, but they lack confidence in the, their physical body. Or maybe they feel like very confident in business, but they cower down in their uh, romantic relationship. So I think the first thing um, in 
identifying, you know, your confidence levels and issues and things like that is, well, where do I feel most confident in my life? And where do I not feel most confident in my life? And decide, am I playing a character? Am I actually showing up as my real authentic self? And I, am I actually expressing how I really truly feel? And you'll find that if you'll find that if you're lacking confidence somewhere, it's most likely because you're not uh, not honoring and having the courage to speak your truth and say, you know what, I really don't like the way I feel about this situation. And you just keep going with it and going with it. And you lose your confidence every time you just stay passive to a situation that isn't in alignment with you. So Kat, I think finding your confidence is really deciding where I'm where am I confident in my life? Where am I not? And really asking the question, where did I leave my confidence? Because I know at some point we've all had an experience where we're like, I got this, you know, even if it was in high school, like we've all had an experience where we were like on top of the world. And my question is, for whom or what did you leave that confidence in the past with? Great question. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I think you're quite right. Is it was, I talked about actually in my first podcast that that confidence is our birthright and we actually come into this life as these little babies who are kicking their legs dribbling and chunky little legs and they're like look at me look at me they're not going oh don't look at me I'm not you know I've got these little milk spots on my my cheeks you know don't don't focus on me they're actually like here I am I'm ready to take on the world and it's actually feed me feed me because I'm important (laughs) and and somewhere along the lines that's life has taken its toll and it's changed and I love the fact that you're like yeah ask that question to whom and what have I changed this what else would you say would be if if someone's like right I'm going to make the change tomorrow where would they start well I would say start with what you feel like you don't like about yourself the most and that for me was the way that I was talking about my physical body I'd struggled so much with weight and dieting and working out and I I got to I got to lose weight blah 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 and so my biggest struggle around my confidence was my physical body was just the vessel that I was riding in it had nothing to do with my talents and skills I've been confident af my whole life which is really great because now there was a period of depression where I was like am I not am I am I supposed to be like the these other people am I supposed to go wear the same kind of outfits as all these other people you know I my first day I I changed schools my senior year and my first day at this new school, I got called to the office for my outfit. And and even women in the office were like, why are you wearing that? I'm like, why not? Like, this is a cool outfit. So I've always been challenged because I've had that confidence to just say, you know what? Fuck it. Just and excuse me if this offends you, but not <laughs> this all. is who I am. And this is what I have to offer. And if you don't like it, I don't care. So I'm going to leave you with this quote. And it's by Georgia O'Keefe. If you're struggling with your confidence, find where you feel like you don't love yourself and change it. You can change it. And if you can't change it, accept it because that will create the change necessary in your perception and your mindset to forgive, to allow and and to embody whatever it is. Maybe you don't like your nose and you don't want to get plastic surgery. Okay, then maybe you can't physically change it, but you can accept it. So my first, my, my advice is this is, if you don't like something about yourself, if you're if you're lacking confidence, make the change and decide where is it specifically that is bothering me. Mine was my weight. I shared my process for how to shift your mindset around beating yourself up. And that 
ultimately, when you clear up your mindset around where you're lacking confidence, you're lacking confidence because you're shit talking yourself on the inside. If you would just positively empower yourself, like I, I can do this and I have the talents and the skills or I'm able to learn them, then you will start to build that confidence one practice at a time. Every interaction you show up and you are your authentic self or you say no to someone, you build on that confidence. And so it, is, it doesn't just happen overnight, but the choice and the change can. And when you make that decision and you're 100% firm, the actions begin to shift. So now that I'm not telling myself I hate my body, guess what I'm doing more? I'm working out more. I'm not getting on the mat being like, oh, I hate this. I don't want to do this. I'm getting on the mat going, damn, I love my body. Like, I'm, I, it feels so good to move it. So I'll leave you with this quote by Georgia O'Keeffe. She says, I've settled it for myself. All compliments and criticisms will go down the same drain, and I am quite free. So if you want to be confident, stop giving a shit about what other people think about you. Yeah. Hey, sis. I love that. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> oh, Brittany, you are literally my, my sister on the other side of the Atlantic, shining your light <laughs> and helping other women. Thank you so much for your inspiration and also for sharing your story and how that moment in your life in 2000, uh, 2012, you know, was was a low moment, but actually became your greatest moment when you chose to awaken your authentic self. And I hope that any other woman listening to this will take this moment to begin their awakening of their authentic self. Be brave, take the first step. Both Brittany and I have done it and you can too. Thank you so much, Brittany. Yes, thank you. And it's totally possible to be your authentic self and live the life of your dreams so long as you believe in it. And like I said, you stop caring what other people think because everyone's going to have an opinion, a judgment, and a criticism. And it's all based on their own lack of uh, belief or inadequacy. So don't let anyone else's opinion shape the rest of your future. That's it for this week's Honestly Cat podcast. I'm Kat Raincock. Join me for more honest talk from honest women next week.